Welcome back to Bear With Me, the undefeated 2023-2024 Boston Bruins are 2-0-0. I'm Joey Caponi. That's Rob Tachi. Rob, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Joey? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Good. I asked I'm you good, first, dude. I'm fine. All right. No, I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm good. I've been I looking don't... forward to this app. So have I. So have I. I do want to say I don't appreciate having to wait like a week between games, between game two and three. And then no game sense. three is yeah. at 1030 p.m. on a Thursday. No, is it really? It is. Yeah. West Coast. Thursday and Saturday are both 1030 starts. So it's too early in the season. I will be one of seven people awake to watch game number three of the season at 1030 p.m., which is really like 1040 p.m. Is it the Sharks Thursday? It is the Sharks. Yes. And then oh, the well, then you got to tune in. Oh, hell yeah. Because they could number 30 in the league or 32, I think, actually. I think they're uh, considered. I mean, the worst. you got to tune in to see them take on um, exactly. Michael Granlund. Oh shit! That's where. Oh, that's where he is. Okay. Do you think they're gonna play Jacob Peterson on the second line? If they were smart, they would. But they're I mean, not smart. Good. I mean, good luck getting past Ty Emerson. To get any shots on net in, in this game, so on, you might have made that up. Honestly, I don't think he's I would have the done. only. He doesn't even have a picture. On <laughs> I think the team NHL dot That actually might not be a real person. Uh, uh, but other well, than that, good. I mean, yeah. good, very solid start to the season. I'm very happy with it. I mean, how can you not be happy with two and oh? I did I'm say I'm ex- I expected the three and oh start, so I'm, I'm right so far. We're and there, there's pace. been a there's pace. been. Plenty going on in the team and fandom to discuss, so we we, we got our work cut out for it. Absolutely today. is, and I also think these games are worth kind of going through. They and are, one because yeah. One's the home opener, and the other one because it was a game that deserves a lot of attention. It was a frustrating, compelling watch. It so, was. Yeah, it I really got my was. notes. I got my notes. We're good. All right, so yeah, we got two games to talk about. We got the three to one win over the Blackhawks in the home opener and the season opener, and the three to two win over the Predators. Both of those games coming at home. Uh, I think we should probably start with the first one. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that Do makes you sense. think that? Okay. Yeah. So You're we were at this. There. Yeah, we were at this game. We were together. You, we, you we, att- we you yeah we were we sat next to each other uh, serendipitously. It was unbelievable. It was crazy. Of all the seats, I know. In all I'm the saying. arenas, and you sit next to mine. I got mad, uh, but it was it was good. There there was a lot of pomp and circumstance to this. So the season opener of the centennial year. They had anybody who's ever been a significant Boston Bruin at the Garden, and even some people that you were like, I don't know if I know them. And the grandchildren of some significant yeah, Bruins because, and from like the Great the, Depression. It shows how old the Bruins are. Where they So they can't bring out the OGs because they're not alive. So they have to bring out their grandchildren, and they are older than most of the legend, other legends that they touted. Yeah, yeah. So this is an old team, folks. Old team. We got elderly grandchildren, folks. That's how we open the season. Elderly grandchildren. Uh, now let's talk about before we even get inside the building here. Uh, the oh, in, in, into the arena. Uh, a packed, a packed TD Garden. The hub hall was filled as it usually is. But oh yeah, it was. I don't know. There's something about having those kind of areas now that is so much better than before they had them. You know, there was basically like a line in the door that you saw people and there was, you know, some kind of sense of community. 
that is what the Bruins need. That is just I'm I'm going to comment on it every time I go there. It is perfect just to have that little area. The the um, concourse is being a little wider. Just all great. I'm all I'm a big fan of it. Um, As am I. I go to Hub Hall nearly every game. Like I'll I'll either grab a drink, <clears throat> excuse me, or something to eat. Uh, I I don't know if it's possible, but I wish it were much bigger. I don't know what yeah, that's, space that's something, yeah. they could move into, but it's so crowded. It's very difficult to find somewhere to like actually sit down to eat. Like you and I kind of like stole half of a table from someone. People were sitting at the table, and we just grabbed the end of yeah. it. And uh, yeah, she I don't didn't think it was need the whole team. table. She didn't need the whole. She table. She didn't need the whole table. No. And then we we enjoyed some barbecue. My mm-hmm. delicious burnt end barbecue fries uh, from. The barbecue plays it up all. Who's yeah, whatever. It's called Smoke Shop, I think it's called. Smoke Shop. Yeah, that sounds right. I, if you're the, I highly recommend it if you like brisket and tasty food. Uh, and I then, drank a beer that I found. You did? Yes. You, yeah. did, you drank someone else's beer. Yeah. And then you tried to make me drink it. And I it almost free did. beer. That's that was how you were selling it. You're like, come on, it's an extra beer. Like we gotta get more going. Well, because here's the thing, dude. I'm used to going to sporting events. I'm used to drinking alcohol, right? I like. You're a cool guy. I get it. I'm I'm pretty sick, dude. I'm a good role model if you're trying to be radical. And uh, I like to mix those two things together. I'm also familiar with like prices and stuff. So when we bought two beers and it was thirty six dollars. Oh yeah. I was like. Oh, yeah. I'm going if I find half a beer, I'm drinking it. Like I'm not paying, you know, a hundred dollars to get a little buzz going at this game. Cause <laughs> apparently in this world it takes me seven beers to get a little buzz going. But you know what I mean? It's like I don't know. It's it's a little obnoxious. Anyway, that's not why people are here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the, the beers okay. are expensive there, okay? Does it they're expensive. That's fine. Um they opened with the Threads video. I love the Threads video. Oh, yes. Big time. Threads video was great. Big Whoever time. made that, give them a raise. Give a raise to everybody involved in making that. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I didn't I... think they would play it there. They also played it pregame on Nessun before game two. I don't know if they're going to do that every game. But um, it was cool because that deserved the shine that it got. Because it was pretty high production value. Uh, very cool. That's like the the video that my dad sends me every year. It's like, you know, it's, it's like the team hype up video. The Bruins knocked it out of the park. They're very good at that. They, I typically love their hype videos. And this one was particularly well done. Very big fan of it. Very much was. Um, Now that being said, that plus the Centennial team, plus the lineups, plus the whatever was probably a, probably 30 minutes. Right, it was like probably thirty minutes of, of stuff. Maybe a little under. Yeah. So puck drop was scheduled for seven thirty, and they were like, "Hey, everybody, be in your seats by seven. And yeah. it was like seven oh four, and you and I were like, "Why isn't this going yet?" <laughs> like, the fuck. But it took they it took its uh, it took its time. But it was cool. It was, it, it. It was cool. It was I mean, it. it was super cool to see Thomas back. Um, Thornton was there. I mean, like I could list all 15 people they announced. Um, I guess getting Esposito back was a big deal. I didn't realize yeah. that like he's pretty detached from the Bruins at this point. He's more mm-hmm. of a lightning, like Tampa Bay lightning guy, which yeah, is well, so he's... weird to me. Like that's like you're, you know, you're revered as one of the greatest 
all-time Boston Bruins. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I've retired. I'm in Florida now, so. Well, I mean, he, like, got that team there. He was, like, you know, the driving force to get um, a hockey team in Central Florida. And then, you know, subsequently, accidentally sold that team to the literal, actual Yakuza of Japan. So the organized crime syndicate known as the Yakuza. I think that's your favorite sports story. If I it's had my a guess. It's my favorite one. If you want to hear a full podcast on it, look up Sports Nuts. They do a great uh a great full dive into it. And the guy who does the thing for them, the guy who leads that conversation, very handsome. Um yeah, there were some other folks. Dude, Luch coming back into the building. I mean, that, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Before, oh. Luch, before Luch, that's so stupid. There are so many other people that we should mention from that thing. I wanted to say this, dude. Introducing Bergeron coming back the first game after his retirement, just kind of in the middle of all these people. Did it feel a little unceremonious to you? It felt very unceremonious. Like, he should have had his own thing. He should have been the very last guy. Or the first, or I don't know. Yeah. Be like, hey, he's here, everybody. And ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the 17th, 27th, 39th captain of the, the Boston captain. Bruins. And like, have the lights, have the spot. I don't know. I wanted that to be a little bigger. He was just like kind of waiting in the tunnel and you could see him. And they're like, here's Chara. Here's Bergeron. Here's Thornton. Here's Ryan Spooner. <laughs> Here's it's like okay, what? He's back to claim number fifty one. Yeah. He's here to fight yeah. Matty Potra. That that did 51. seem a little odd to me, and then I had to remind myself that he will have an entire banner raising ceremony, so whatever. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Number it retirement. Just did feel, I don't know. Chara biked there from across the street or wherever he lives now. Um, of course he who's did. the most shocking one? I mean, was it Espo? Is it it's, is it Timmy? Because Tim, I'm sure, lives in, like, North Dakota. I think Thornton, Sean Thornton for me, was really? like, oh, shit. Isn't he like, still he, in the area? He just, no, like, he lives, he's a part of the Panthers organization now. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. So, he kind of doesn't really do much with the team as as much as some of the other guys from that era mm-hmm. um, because of that. So, it was, I was a little surprised. And, Obviously, he's like one of those guys that's like a cult favorite more than anything. Mm-hmm. I think that might not be the best way to phrase it, but like he was he's like a, a dad char- favorite. He's that's a character sure. guy. Like he was a character guy for the team, not necessarily like a points guy, mm-hmm. which kind of seemed to be the trend among all the other guys who were there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Char so much. He's but he's a captain, so I don't know. But I think for me it was Sean Thornton. How about you? Yeah, um, I think I think yeah. I I more meant like. Shocking in a way, like oh, I, like them them. Who who were you shocked by accepting the the invite? Whereas I think what you're saying is like shocked that he was invited. Okay, right? Is yeah, that what you're, uh, you're accepting saying? the invite. Yeah, that's maybe Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, same Thomas thing. Is Thomas is the one for me. But you're right about Thornton. Where that like that invite in general is weird. Yeah, Not weird, a but surprising. it's no, it, it stands is. out. Like it is. Like we're no one was like, why the fuck is he here? Because everyone is, is excited to see him. But yeah. I think he might have been. If you had to pick an odd one out, he might have. It might have been him. Was Ray Bork there? Yeah, he was. He was. There. He was. Okay, um, that's crazy to not remember that because there's just there was just so many in yeah. the house that it's like oh, fucking okay, everyone's there. here. There's like there's got to be one or two missing, right? Like, but so uh, 
yeah, it's just hard to hard to keep track. Bobby Orr being there is always just. I'll take Bobby every game. Cam Neely. We we talked Cam's about this a bit. Like so weird. It's so our weird. our generation, and or maybe I can just speak to me more than anything. I think it's our generation. Okay, I'll even I'll just say me, and then it could extend to others as well. My view of Cam Neely is so different than the view of someone who actually watched him play because I only know him through highlights and being the president of the Bruins. And it's been kind of rocky as president. Like, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that, like, if you do something bad, you get way more attention in the media and publicity than you do if you do your job well. It's A job well done is not sexy story. Like, it just doesn't run and grab you as well. So, I don't know. I just was thinking about yeah. that. It's just, to me, Cam Neely, in a way, is more the Bruins president than he ever was anything else. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned this on here before, but... uh my brother-in-law is named after Cam Neely. And that's the funniest thing in the world now. Because it's like, that guy, that Cam Neely? Because like growing up, like yeah, I was told about how great Cam Neely was and how much he was loved and whatever, but now to be named after him is just silly. You gotta have that in mind. If you're gonna name your kid after a sports legend, you gotta remember, they might get into the front office and kind of be a, you know, Whatever no. word you want to use for Cam yeah. Neely, him naked. Well, never mind. We'll talk about that later. We'll we'll, we'll get to the other <laughs> okay. Cam Neely stuff. But uh, all that pregame stuff was really great. They knocked it out of the park. They did yeah. a great job. And um, Nesson got to cover the pregame, but not the game. Which odd. Like, yeah, big. You know, original six. Bedard coming into the league. Blah blah blah. Like yeah, that's a national game. I just don't get why they both can't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, because it it'll split the viewership. Because you're you're seeping away, leeching away views if you let the regional guys get it too. That's such a good point. So, Thank never you. mind. Thank you for yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. That's that's uh, about as as clean of an estimate of uh, explanation as I could have asked for. Uh, now the game, the, the hockey game. game that they played. I want to talk about that a little bit. You want you got time? Yeah, I got time. Uh, when I, I'm going to skip to the it, it already being over, I'm going to Tarantino this bitch. Okay, okay, all right. Um, so many people were like, "Wow, what a great game!" Like texted me, and I was like, "It was okay. Like, it was not their best at all. Like, they won it. Like, but like there was, I mean, it was awesome to get Bruins a hockey back. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, but like that was not at all their best game. I think early on, I was seeing last year's team on the ice, dude. I was going to say kind of the opposite because like early on when they get in the ozone and they're moving the puck, it's an overused term, dude, but they buzz. They look so much better than whoever they're facing when they have control of the puck in the zone. Yeah. They like when they were on, they were cycling like crazy. They looked really good, but there was just stretches of just, I don't know. Nothing I found is. it frustrating at times. I, I had a few moments of like, I think even said to you, I'm like, this is like kind of a dud right now. Like this is, yeah, it, it wasn't as I'll use the word sexy again, as sexy of a hockey game as I was looking for. I didn't but want to you know, that game. Honestly, the, the most exciting thing early on was oddly enough, seeing Connor Bedard's first NHL goal. Even in, for me, I was like, ah, I, I was kind of annoyed it was against us. I was like, all right, yeah, 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 whatever. Everyone's going to be super fucking yeah. happy. 
My well, first I mean, note it's for a this kind game. Of best case scenario to see him get the goal and see us get the win. Okay, fair point. Yeah, that that's not too bad. And we get to be like, oh yeah, uh, we saw Connor Bedard's first goal in person. I I care way more about that. It's like the old adage of like, I don't know how old of an adage this is, of like, would you rather actually sleep with the hot girl or would you rather have everybody think that you slept with the hot girl? Do you know what I mean? No. You've never heard that? I've never heard that. And I don't understand it. It's like, are you actually after the the experience of the thing? The glory. Or the yeah, yeah, yeah. The the aplomb of that's not the right word. You're just saying stuff. The celebration of 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 you having done the thing. And like I care way more about being able to say that I saw Connor Bedard's first NHL goal, even though it was kind of an ugly one and not very Bedard-esque. No one's going to know. No one's going to remember that. You but could have get... said it even if it weren't true. I don't think there would have been any well, verification. I, would I don't have like known. that because it feels like now that's stripping away the glory of having actually been there, which I you was. You weren't so actually at the game. I can prove it. I can prove it. I can prove it. But yeah, seeing Bedard's goal was cool. I, I, my first note for this game is actually Lucic passing. And I'm going to be talking about this a lot this episode because my goodness Milan Lucic is not nearly as bad as everybody was telling me he was going to be at this age. His passing is so good. I would go as far to say in these two games, he has been the best passer on the team, or at least in the mix. I mean, they've been like shorter passes, but like Mm. backhand, like tape to tape, like right in front of the net. Like all someone Mm. has to do is get their stick on it. Yeah, I mean, I'll go a little out of order here, but like the the two-on-one goal with him and Pasta, they're both on their offhand side. A backhand pass that catches Pasta on his back foot skate, like able to field it on his forehand and sets him up for just a, I mean, a fucking gorgeous goal. But that takes great hands to be able to set that up. And also just seeing them on a two-on-one together is that they're both like the two, other than Marshy, the most distinct people on the team like i'm never looking on their back for like oh who is that like they just they look like that especially lucic my god there's no no one else in the league that looks like that there's no one no one else in the league that you could be like oh i thought that was lucic for a second like no one else (laughs) there's no one else to confuse him with no you'd never be like wait who's 17 again who is that you'd you'd never have to like wait who's a billboard under their jersey right now yeah (laughs) Who has the shoulder pads on backwards? Uh, sticking with that goal real quick, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the the mic'd up moment where Pasta gives him a big hug and he's like, welcome back, baby. It's so awesome. That's so it. awesome. Love it Dude, so much. Pasta, yeah. Pasta, I just real quick before we move on from this goal, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I just want to get out all my thoughts on this before we move on, because there's no point in like, coming back to it. Uh, we criticize... David Posternock on here. And I sometimes feel guilty about that, but I believe that every time we do it, it's it's deserved because it's usually him either not hustling or him being a little lackadaisical or maybe being a little too confident in something that ends up backfiring on him. But he is so fucking good, dude. He's such a good hockey player. He is the 
best pure goal scorer that's ever been on the Boston Bruins. I know at least in my yeah. lifetime, if you want to go back and try to like compare him to Espo and, and whatever, like you want to go back to that era, it's entirely different. It's, you know, nobody has this shot ever pound for pound, the greatest pure goal scorer that has ever put on this Jersey. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And every time we do criticize him, we immediately add the asterisks of, I still love him. I still never want him to leave this team. I would take all of these faults knowing what comes with it in terms of the positives. Mm -hmm. I will say, he's off to a killer start. Oh, he, yeah. He looks very good throwing the body. Hasn't really made any like glaring mistakes yet. His shot, good fucking God, does David Posnock have a disgusting shot jumping way ahead to game two now, the penalty shot goal. Everyone is just baffled by this goal. Like, Jack couldn't even form a sentence in the <laughs> moment. And the moment he stopped talking, Brick was like, I don't know how to describe this shot. Like, like that was like almost exactly what he said. And then on yeah. Morning Brew, Jaffe and Razor, they were both like, "I what? Like, what, this doesn't make sense. Like, you shouldn't be able to put the puck, like, behind you on the toe and then shoot it 90 miles an hour top corner in half a second. Like, it's unbelievable what he can do. It's so, it's so crazy, man. It, it, it's absolutely nuts. And, like, I don't know about you. When I think of pasta, I think, like, he's going to take that penalty shot deke for deke and, you know, try to, you know, yeah, I thought he was going to go shaking bait pretty. for him. Yeah, back in yeah. that's just what you think of David Pasternak. It's almost like he has changed his mentality to be like, no, I think I have a fucking killer wrist shot. I think I just, I can place some stuff that nobody else can. And he's right. He's absolutely yeah. right. Oh my God, that's um, good. Now, okay. If we can get back to some chronological stuff of this game. What's up? Yes. Oh, I'm just. Okay, okay. I thought, I'm, I thought with you you. Had I'm with you. Okay. Um. Marshy Dragon Bedard to the bench. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, I, I think having to play against Brad Martian in like one of your first NHL games should be required. Because it'd be like, yeah. you, it's like a rite of passage. It's like Marshan fucking with you. It's like, yeah, until that's, that's happened to you, you, you're not really in the league. Or it's really, if like you're a high profile player that's worth going after, that is when it's a rite of passage. So, yeah. I love that he I was like trying to steal the... him, but he was also like Bedard's like chicken winging and like just holding on to Marchand's stick. He's yeah. like, okay, we're going for a ride then. Like, you're coming with me. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it to the locker room. Uh, I also loved the pregame stuff when they asked Marshy, like, oh, like, do you got any advice for him? He's like, nope, I don't. Like, oh, well, uh, did you say anything to him when you saw him? No, nah, I didn't say anything to him. Well, when you came in the league, you were a smaller guy too. I'm bigger than him. Yeah, just I just didn't I give a shit. Loved that. Yeah. No, nah, Actually, don't compare me. No, dude, it's crazy. Like uh, Taylor Hall made some comments, basically being mm -hmm. like, "They need to leave him alone. Like, just like let him play." Even mm -hmm. Bedard himself was like, "If I were a fan, NHL fan, I would be so tired of hearing about me." Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. crazy how much they are promoting him. Like, obviously, yeah, like huge talent coming in. Like I get it, but at the same time, it's like let it breathe. Like it is like nonstop. Like mm -hmm. nonstop like just like let him play a couple yeah. games maybe <laughs> and the thing is no other sport puts an 18 year old in that position like just no other sport there's just there's no one like the closest thing you can compare that to is like 
a, a college basketball star, but even they have to play a year of college. So like they're the youngest guys are 19 coming in. Like I, you can I guess point to Jason Tatum, but even then he didn't really have that. You'd have to go all the way back to LeBron to find somebody who, who got the same amount of hype. And now here I am comparing Connor Bedard to LeBron James. So kind of guilty by trying to defend it, but uh, it's, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, they they should give the kid a little bit of space, especially because he's like he's not a an entertainer. He's a hockey player. He's not, you know, putting on the Ritz and like doing camera work. Like he's an awkward kid because he's should be in high school. He is. That's, he be yeah, high that's school. wild. It's bananas. Uh, but like you mentioned, dude, it was the homecoming for Taylor Hall for Nick Foligno. And of course, for Milan Lucic, Ryan Donato, Ryan Donato, the other yep. one who assisted on Bedard's goal, which you know I'm sure is a big deal for Connor Bedard. We're very proud. Makes of him. him makes him preserve that puck on a, on a little bit of a higher shelf, knowing that Donato got it to him. Uh, I will say, with Bedard's goal, it is cooler for him that he got to score that on the Vesna winner too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wraparounds yeah. not a common thing you see against Boston goalies. No, it is. It is also a fun little trivia question that it'll always be that his first goal was in Boston too. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like who scored I the like goal that. that he got his first point on, or uh, who? No, that wait. What am I talking about? You're talking about his first point. I don't think I know what I'm talking we weren't, about. Which we weren't in a building for. Not at all. No. Uh, JVR. Dude, that's the very next note I had is uh-huh. who surprised me in this game? JVR. Yeah, he he makes some cheeky moves down low. He's always up to something. Dude, I wrote down he's kind of a dog. He got that dog in him. He gets I'm liking dirty. him more. I'm liking him more. I was not sold on him. Like me I was neither. not like against him, but I was like, we'll see. Like some guys I instantly get hyped for. Some of them I'm like, I don't like that. And then sometimes I'm like, it's on you, my friend. You tell me how to feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm liking him. Uh, didn't realize how big of a like tip goal guy he is, mm-hmm. but it's very much his bread and butter. Like one of the big, like best guys in the league for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, which, just which goes he's... right hand in hand with his like getting dirty in front of the net. Like it makes yeah. sense. That that's, I like having that's a guy who's not only big down low, but like has the hands. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think it's going to work out well for him. He's like the very last guy that I can point to to say like I remember watching him in college as a little kid. Because uh, he's he's an older fella, and I remember I remember watching him uh, UNH as a as a boy, as a youngin, as a lad. So uh, very cool for him to be here. I've always wanted James Van Riemsdyk here. It's a little past the moment that I wanted him here, but it's cool to see like his game has adapted because he was such a dipsy doodle, shake and bake guy. And I guess I just didn't realize that he became a dirt dog and you know, gets down low in the corners and in front of the net. And like you said, a, a lot of of his game is is at creating traffic and redirecting shots did not realize that so that's awesome to find out in real time because i also had zero expectations for him so he's already exceeded those i'm pleasantly surprised i will put that tag on him i will put that that sticker on his chest pleasantly surprised at the moment that's how i felt about and this is just my hockey ignorance was learning that shattenkirk is a big puck moving defenseman I might his whole career, but the whole time I followed hockey in my head, he was a stay-at-home guy because I didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get to see him play much. Like he was out west for a long time. He was like something about his Louis name too. Sounds just like a bruiser. 
yeah you're like oh that's your classic six three six four like stay at home we'll hit you hard but like don't expect him to join the rush much but he when he did his interview on morning brew he's talking about like they were just talking about like how that's his style of play is the puck moving defenseman and i was like oh okay word how nice yeah we and he's have been one looking of those pretty too. good too yeah we have many of those he's been looking good too like nothing like too mm-hmm. too big yet. He had a really good stretch pass off the boards to Marshan in the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no complaints about him. Really, no complaints about many people yet. There's no. anybody. No. Um, Which all right. Kind so of... the f- sorry. Go ahead. No, you go, go, go. I, I was going to get one of the goal. Real. I was going to change. Where? Gears. All right. You're looking at my notes. All right. Crazy. Freddie goal. So everybody knew Trent Frederick was going to score score the first goal of the season. Obviously. Off a tip. Right. Freddie's yeah. got good cash, hands, too. Cash those minus 250 bets. First round draft pick, Trent Frederick. Uh, coming from a really a very nice play from Matt Patra, like on the left wing boards. Yeah. Like very patient, curling back, finding Carlo, tape to tape pass to him coming in. Carlo with a nice lob shot going like two feet wide right. Frederick gets a stick on it. Perfect deflection. Love that. What's awesome in that play is that Patra's first NHL point is a deserved one and an earned one. It's not yes. one that he just stumbled into. And, you know, like, remember, like, uh, Bergeron's thousandth point was like, oh, wait, did, did, wait, he touched that? Oh, so, yeah. Wait, like that, that's secondary his, that's assist, point. That counts. Weird bouncing around in front of the net, Martian just pots it in. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, that was it. Yeah. Th- this was, this was a well earned point. I mean, it, it, before the replay and I saw the tip, I mean, it looked like a primary assist, especially, you know, breaking into the zone, curling towards the boards, being patient, having his, his head up, his eyes wide, reading the zone, finding a cross ice open man, not being afraid to make that pass in your first NHL game, you know, not being afraid to, to hold the puck, be confident and make that, make that play. That's awesome, man. I love Matty Patra as I think, Anybody who's watching the Bruins feels, dude, it's that's awesome and uh, a, a very deserved first NHL point for him. Yeah, I'm ready to talk about Patra. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it. Um, <clears throat> patient, mm-hmm. uh, confident. I, I he's he does not look like he's 18 years old, 19 years old. He just really doesn't. No. Like he he is like he I don't know he plays like this is his third or fourth year in the league where he's he's been around. Oh yeah, I've I've adjusted. Mm-hmm. And again, but like zero hey, arrogance within that, by the way, oh, in, truly in saying none. that, like truly he none. No, he just plays like he's supposed to be there. Yeah. And like he even in like, to, like locker room interviews, he just comes across to like, just he's just an awkward little, he's a little guy, he's a little kid. Like he's yeah. just, he's here playing hockey and he's really happy about it. And there's but something I, about the, 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 the wall that you have to, the, the barrier that you have to cross over as a player like Patra versus somebody like Bedard, like where like the pressure is on you, you are supposed to score, you are supposed to generate points, do it. Versus I'm here to facilitate the game. I'm here to play as a smart hockey player. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And I think that will fit. How do I want to say this? What the Bruins need, I think, is exactly what he's here to offer. And I think that's actually serendipitous. Um and I'm I'm just really excited. Like, there's a lot here for us to be excited about. Like, I think there's a reason the fandom really clung to him the way they did. 
Because it's not like they've never seen like an 18, 19 year old kid coming up and like doing fairly well in the preseason. Like that's not so rare. But they're like every, the fan base like took to him, and it's like we we just lost our two best centers, like two generational centers. Like it's a big. Well, gap. we lost our best center. We lost David Krejci is one of the greatest Bruins of all time. Thank you very much. Not twenty twenty three, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. No, that that was like a. I think only we will remember that when we talk about in the future how good he is, people will be like, oh, yeah, and then he was also there at the end. He was good, too. He just wasn't like OG David Krejci. Anyways, uh, but yeah, him coming in at this time, like filling in a gap that severely needed to be filled this year, like way ahead of schedule. Like we were all prepped mm-hmm. to kind of just get through the year in terms of our centers, and then he came in. He was like, hey, what if I played on the team? I'm really good. Yeah, and, like, this is only game two of his, like, everyone understands it's basically a nine-game tryout for him right now. But he's only really shown reasons to stay. And, like, Marshan made comments earlier today being, like, he's showing us why he belongs here. Even with seven of those games to go, I already feel pretty confident saying he will play this most, if not all, the season here. I think he should. I think I'll he should, I'll say too. that. I like, mean, he two does... games, is, it's kind of crazy to say, but it's not, like... This goes in conjunction with what I just said, but it's not like he came up and in his first two games has four goals and three assists. You know, it's not like, okay, he's on a hot streak right now and like the stats look better than he actually is. It's the intangible stuff or the the uncalculable stuff. It's how smart he is, how, like you said, how patient and confident he is. That just is somebody who, to the eye, looks NHL ready. Yeah, he's not flashy. He's just good. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think, yeah, uh, oh, I, I lost my thought. Yeah, I, I, I just think that he doesn't strike, He just watching him play, he doesn't look like a guy that needs, who. oh, he could really benefit for some more minutes down in Providence. I, you could see it, but he's not does quite he, there yet. Does he, yeah. I just think he's there. Like, And again, like he's young, and he's going to make mistakes, and he's not going to be perfect, and he's going to get pushed around. But like with what he's got right now and what the Bruins need, I do think you will see him sticking around uh we can only hope said, we we need to get him a nickname that isn't potty or <laughs> i don't know we got to get i just have taken oh, to well, calling him maddie p the the bruins account which you usually uses the nicknames that they use in the locker room shout out elaine is potsy potsy i don't mind potsy that's i don't mind potsy i hear patsy which isn't good but no potsy I mean, between Potty and Potsy, I think it's got to be Potsy. I think I'm going to stick with Maddie P just for me because I, I like the way that flows. But I like Maddie P. Maddie P. I also just like Maddie Potter, like just throwing the Maddie in there. I like. I I love when you're at the garden and you just hear mm-hmm. people talking, mm-hmm. and just the the range of pronunciations <laughs> you hear. Poitras. I heard a lot of Poitras. I think you heard that too. A lot yeah. of Poitras, which is like how I, it's forgivable. Yeah, but it's I probably how I would I would say it if I hadn't you know seen a tweet that said it's Patra. It, it has to be Patois, right? That has to actually be how that's pronounced. It's Patra. yeah, it's definitely Patois. Is so he? We, we don't care he, for the. We don't care is he? Is he Quebecois? Quebecois. Uh, he's he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's where he's from. Really? Not like New York, like, but he's from a place called. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, his Wikipedia page is very, very short. Oh no, I'm thinking of somebody else. This says Ajax, Ontario. Okay, 
Why did I think it was Brooklyn? Why did you think he was from Brooklyn? Not like Brooklyn, New York. There's a Brooklyn. Is it because he looks kind of Italian? Is is it Brooklyn, Ontario, Canada? It's a community. Okay. No, like I saw somewhere like is uh like some bio had him that was where he was from. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I, I, he's from he... Brooklyn. What? Hey. <laughs> no, he's from Brooklyn, dude. They updated it because it said Brooklyn before. Now it says Ajax. That's how you know you're making it is when people they start updating your bios. Yeah, he's the pod is hot. I'm looking at tweets now from the team. Yeah, but no, I I am very I'm very in on him. Always was. A lot of us are. Um, he's not like the fucking second coming of Patrice Bergeron. Don't. It's the same thing with Bedard. Like, don't put that pressure on him. Don't expect that. Don't be disappointed when he's not. But he is a very talented young center, and he gives us reason to be excited and hopeful for the future, including this season. Uh, and he was playing, so it was Frederick Patra Gigi. That was the line for the first two games, which was ugly to the eye. You you weren't a fan? No, not in execution. In theory, okay. When I, I saw with that, you actually, I didn't like it at first either. Yeah, when I saw it, I was like, ah, it just. How does that taste? Like, let, let me chew on that for a second. Odd. Like, yeah. Hmm, weren't. Yeah, yeah, but seeing him and Frederick work together was good. You could see there was something building. But as of right now, now being Monday evening, the practice lines have now mixed up, and the line is now Brad Marshan, Matt Patra, Morgan Geeky. So the change being moving Frederick. Frederick is actually now on the right wing. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm very very interested in the Brad Marshan Matt Patra connection. I think that could be really fucking cool. Uh, he's got Poucher is going to have a lot tougher matchups because he's playing with Brad Marchand, who plays against some of the best. Right. But I, I'm very excited to see that combination in practice and in and in games. I think that leads us to the end of this game. Just which about. Well, we have David Pasternak. Yeah, we covered netted. that goal kind of out of order. Nope. The empty oh, net the empty goal. Netter? Oh, yes. One, Scored an one... empty net goal, which... You yep. go. Up, up. You go. You go. Well, wait, is it it's still about the game? It is. Uh, okay. Then, then I, I wanted to briefly talk about the Taylor Hall hit. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely worth so talking about. Yeah. I So I saw this happen live. Like, I, I had my eyes right on it. And so Carlo coming across the neutral zone... You know, the boards where the play is developing and like Taylor Hall's speeding up and he's reaching back for the puck. And Carlo's like arm, shoulder, like hits Hall right in the side of the head. And Hall like crumples, like drops, like we- in a weird way that like you can't do forcefully. Like you can't voluntarily fall down that way. That only just, you just collapse. And I was like, oh fuck. And he took a bit to get up and I watched him go right down the tunnel. Mm hmm. Nothing came from this whatsoever. Like there was not even like whisperings of disciplinary action. Does a player get cleaner one, than Brandon Carlo? I, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, he's he's right up there. I saw one person tweet. I forget who it was. It was a reporter. One person tweeted, you know, Brandon Carlo should probably expect to hear from the league on this hit. You know, Department of Player Safety will probably reach out in the next day or two. And all the replies were like, "Shut up, nerd." <laughs> and then nothing happened. 
because so they maybe, told him to shut maybe, up. Maybe the DOPS saw those replies and were like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, we don't want to look like nerds. <laughs> we don't want to be, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, it just it was one of those things. It's it sucks for Taylor Hall. That yeah. really sucks. Sucks for Chicago and sucks for Bedard even. Um, Carlo is not the dirty player. Like that's not even in that instance. I don't yeah. think that's a dirty hit against it's the guy. It like yeah, one game removed from playing with that guy too. You know, I don't. Can it hit be dirty without malice? Do you know what Accidentally I mean? Accidentally dirty. Yeah, can you accidentally have a dirty hit, or is it just? An I think that's when we start to use the word unfortunate. Yeah, I I think if unless you were like really gunning for them and take them out, I I have a hard time calling it dirty. I think dirty implies intent. As do I. Yeah, it I was will an unfortunate change my tune hit. when someone when roles reverse and I'm like that was fucking bullshit. That was dirty. Yeah. You oh didn't yeah. Mean to do it. I don't care. Right now, it, yeah, dirty anyway. Right as of right now, it implies intent. Yeah. Uh, okay. Which which brings us to the end of the game, unless there's something else that I'm forgetting from this game. Uh no. In which Boston that's an empty net goal uh, wins me a lot of money. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, but apparently, Rob, it, that was a bad thing. Uh, it's I a would good use goal. the word indefensible. It he shouldn't have done that. It was indefensible and the to Bruins play. Do this shit all the time. Where they try to get their goals, they try to put goals on the board for and guys they have who the, score goals. They have the audacity to use their leading goal scorer to score goals. Yeah. With, with protecting a monumental one-goal lead, which everybody in hockey knows is resolute. It's immovable. Did they really need another permanent. goal? Did they really need uh. another goal? Indefensible. I'm going to keep coming back to that word. If you're not picking up on our heavy sarcasm or have any idea what we're talking about, we are referencing uh, Mike Felger uh, being seemingly irate that David Pasternak was on the ice at the end of game one. His theory, thesis statement idea here is that Pasternak is not the guy who should have been should be on the ice in that moment, protecting a one goal lead at the end of the game, and he referred to it as indefensible and uh, stat pumping, I believe. Yeah. To which, thank God, DJ Bean had the best response, which to just even lay the sarcasm even thicker than we had, saying like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, when a goal like a team pulls a goal, the best strategy is to score on the empty net." And David Pasternak's good at scoring goals, and Brad Marchand's good at getting the puck out of his zone, and they should take the C away from Brad Marchand, and this should probably lead your show. And Felger's like, "All right, well, uh, childish response, but uh, okay." Like, (laughs) and also like when Felger was giving his take, he was like using language, being like, "And I'm right. This is a fact. Like, this is like you cannot tell me I'm wrong because this is correct." He speaks uh, yeah, I, with this like this. He speaks from a throne that he built, where he's like, he's like, and I'm not going to hear the other side of this one. I'm just not going to hear it. I, I've made up my mind, and I'm right. And, and if you disagree with me, you're you're an idiot. Okay, you're not getting on the air. We're taking you off. Sorry, I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's so frustrating. I I know that it's his bit, and I know that he's doing it for this. But my God, is he so good at it? And I, I genuinely dislike it. It's uh, such a cheap way to get clicks. It's rage clicks, dude. Like, that's, I don't know. It's, it's the YouTube it's rage prankster. Rating. It's yeah. YouTube prank videos of sports media, dude. It's it's so 
cheap and baseless and it's it also hurts people like those are human beings you're talking about and he all he shits all over like real players real people who play the game um just for some rage comments um but i'm happy to give them to him because uh what a fucking idiot uh so dumb what an idiot like, i hate boston sports radio so much i don't think it's it's, it's worthy of being listened to <laughs> it's gotten worse the more it's died because they're desperately trying to get back so like they're either going with like this like hey follow us on tiktok we did a funny thing and it's like trying to be modern and they're missing the mark or they're doing the felger thing where they're like oh we'll just get rage listens um so it's gotten worse uh, ironically it's a you know negative feedback loop it's gotten worse as it's getting less listenership so you know you know what i i hate about it is that in the the kernel of the the shit nugget he was putting on air Mm -hmm. there's an argument to be made there's david posternock's not their best defensive player and if you were Mm -hmm. in your own zone and trying to defend a one goal lead maybe it would make more sense to have a forward with a better defensive repertoire than david posternock has I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'm just saying if someone made that argument, I'd be like, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. But to be like, it's indefensible. They only did it so he could get a goal. It's like, okay, what What are you saying? Like, do you, do you even believe what you're saying? Or do you just like throw words together and hope something like... He's a, he's the kind of guy that if, if I was talking to, I would, I would love to have the opportunity to say like, I, sum up in one sentence what your take is here. Run it back and just sum it all up. What are you saying? Because I need you to hear you. I need you to say the words out loud. You're upset that their best goal scorer was on the ice for the empty net situation in which he scored on the empty net, as he has a lot. Okay. If I got to if I got to talk to him, I'd be like, "This is a bit, right? Like between you and I." Yeah, like, it is. It is. He's just a character. He's like the Alex Jones of like sports media. It's just like, like you don't. We know you don't mean this. You're just saying this and getting red and angry. Like that's all this is. Like, yeah. game two was fun. Game two. Speaking was of good. red and angry. Yeah. Well, I. You know, games sometimes are more fun when the other team's better. Not better than you, but better than a bad team. Yeah. Which Chicago was a bad team. Uh, this they, was the first Nesson game of the year. It was, yeah. So I was at this game. You watched this through Nesson. So now we got two. We got two different perspectives. Here. Yeah, two different perspectives over here. Uh, so um, now I I texted you early, early, early in this game, and I said one thing. I don't recall what was it. I said calling it now, Swayman Shuddy. <laughs> you you texted that so early. I hadn't seen it. I was like, when Nashville scored was the first time I looked at my phone, and I opened up the first text I see is from you that says Swayman Shuddy incoming. And I yeah. was like, well, yeah. well. Which for that goal, that that's tough. Like, that's like, Forbert does exactly what he's supposed to to break up that pass. It just unfortunately dies just enough to be a, like, a perfectly laid up shot for Sissons. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, whatever. Like, that that's going to happen. Like, it was a bomb. Like, unfortunate. Moving on. If you're going to give up the first goal, give it up early. So then you got tons yeah, of time sure. to make up for it. Well, yeah, sure. Whatever. Nobody. And, like, I'm that, used to the Bruins giving up the first goal, too, I feel like. I, I'm just in no way. It like, doesn't oh, bother fuck. me. I'm just like, okay, we're just, we have to score two now. Like, that's fine. Like, we have 57 you know minutes. Like, 
Yeah, and we probably will. Yeah. And they did. It's called having faith, everybody. Okay. Now, the thing about that goal, Rob, is it was immediately followed by um, the first Bruins penalty of the game. It was a high stick on Marshy, mm-hmm. which was um, followed immediately by a penalty on uh, one Mr. Chuck McAvoy, uh, on which Marshy almost had a shorty, which he did. He which did. He had we, a good chance. We all love to see. Um, which four minutes later was followed by a hook on Forbert. Uh, and that's that's the first period we're talking about. That's oh, just, that's the first period. Oh, um, now here's here's something. Here's something before you look it up, because I know what you're doing. Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you that there were six penalties each way in this game? No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It, well, it, it's seven, kind of. Yeah, there was a double minor. There was yeah, a double. Yeah. Would you? Is that considered two penalties or no, one? It's, it's one penalty. It's, that's what. That's okay. why I didn't say minutes. That's it's why I didn't two. say penalty minutes. They got seven. Nashville had seven power plays in this game. They had six. They had. It's set. Well, it's two power. It's not one power play on top of the other. It's one power play and then another power play. It's two power plays. In my mind, or you can call it one. It was four. one four minute in because because there was no conversion. It, I call that two. I or sure, right, being sure, pedantic, sure, sure, whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, I all right. You you know you all know how much I love going to the other team's subreddit and watching them complain after a loss. Ubiquitously, the take in the National Predator subreddit was the refs rigged that game for Boston. They 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 didn't call a dozen different penalties on Boston and they even gave Pasternak a penalty shot. Now the, here's the Garden was going to burn that place down if they called one more penalty on the Bruins. Oh dude, like, it, I mean there were bullshit chants from the first period on. Like it, it was pretty loud constant. chance too. Loud like you, bullshit chance. There's the one going where uh Nashville ties it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And you you can't really tell how well it's going to get picked up when you're at the garden, mm-hmm. but rewatching it at home, like through the Nesson feed, it's so loud. It's so loud that Jack stops talking, like, mm-hmm. which fantastic, but which takes a lot. But yeah, but no, I do have a hard time believing that that um, penalties were even that game. Very weird. And then weird. They my, made up for it by the end. Like there was like three on Nashville in the third, which kind of really did most of the work there. But yeah. No, it, it really did. Uh, the penalty shot, I will say. Because we should talk about that. Holy shit. Oh. Uh, the penalty shot was uh, ill-deserved. Uh, yeah. I, I would disagree with that. I I, I mean, why? That's, pl- that's plenty. I think there was a, plenty there. Pasta had an earlier breakaway that at rewatching watching the replay, I thought that was the one that they called for a penalty shot. And I was like, oh no. Like he had already shot it. Like But the one where they called penalty shot, I, I think there was plenty there to justify a penalty shot getting called. Really? Yeah. I gotta I gotta go back and watch it them. again. I gotta go back and watch it again. Yeah, no. Because I, I mean that's fine. I I really don't remember it being much. I remember being like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, okay, here it is. There is exactly one guy who throws a stick around him in the slot. That's enough, I think. 
It's so soft. No, like he's got his stick fully around him. Pasta well, was calling. Time, pasta though. was calling. I am watching in real time. Pasta was calling for. Actually, this is kind of funny. When it happened, so I have a tendency to yell, give him the shot every yeah. time there's a penalty, even remotely <laughs> resembling what would a penalty shot be called for. Yeah. And I yelled it jokingly. And the garden there was super loud. The garden was super loud. And like yeah. when they announced it, when the ref announced it, all I could hear was 88. And I was like, holy shit, they're giving him a penalty shot. Because like, well, they only would say the victim's number if like they're mm-hmm. awarding him the penalty shot. They're like, right. penalty shot for number 88. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it's David Pasternak. David Pasternak's going to score that like 7 out of 10 times. Would you believe me if I told you that was his second penalty shot goal ever? Also surprising. Although that's kind of a tricky one. I mean, how Two many for... penalty shots do people really get? Like Seven. Seven. That's two for seven. My my seven out of ten wasn't really accurate. That's fine. Pretty crazy. That is kind of surprising though. Um I wonder who would have the highest. There's like some guys no that idea. just they just are unbelievably consistent with stuff like that. Coyle. Honestly, one of those pasta guys. I feel like pasta is a guy who would generate him a lot just because he has a lot of breakaways. Yeah. It's like a it's He's a number scheme. We can even catch him. To take a penalty on him. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Um, anyways. I do want to say UC Saros is such a good goaltender. He's he's great, man. He's so it's it's you respect him as much as you're annoyed by him. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. like, God damn it, dude. Like, let one in. Like he has a really good glove. Like, I I love a good goalie matchup. And Omar in the first game, really good. Starting the season off with a nine five two. Love that. Mm-hmm. And then Swayman was great in this game too. Swayman was p- probably one of the best players for Boston this game. Like really big for them. He absolutely was. I mean, I I felt that Shuddy coming in, dude. He's a guy that early on you just get a read on. Like you can just feel if it's going to be a big Swayman game. And most games are big Swayman games. But there's some. I don't know. I, honestly, I was I was expecting there to be some like big series of of late saves or something. You know what I mean? Like you can just, yeah. I can feel that early on with him where when he's zoned in, you're like, Oh, something special is going to happen tonight. There's going to be a moment where he makes the garden erupt. I mean, like credit to the penalty kill because of Bruins penalty kill is always fucking phenomenal, but Nashville had seven power plays and they only had one power play goal. Like that is at least indirectly a sign of how well Swayman was playing. Like the goalie always gets worked. If he'll cross yeah. seven power plays, even if it sucks, that's still going to produce like two to three golden chances. Yeah. But big on them. JVR. First Again. goal is a Bruin. Yes, sir. First goal is a Bruin. Again, Love. another one that he earned, dude. One that you got to tip your cap because he fought for it. He earned it. A beautiful snipe of a goal to be able to put that where he put it. Not a lot of guys can do that, Rob. Shot, scored from the goal line. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And what a window. There's nothing else to talk about here. Nope. There's no asterisks here whatsoever. I'm happy for him. I, I I don't think when when you're the player, it really matters so much how it went in for your first goal. It never really matters how it went in. But even he said he was like, it was good to get out of the way. Just like your first is a brew, and you're now I'm now I'm now I'm here. Uh, his second goal. I'm gonna jump ahead. Bet more. 
indicative of like his hands. Like again, we talked about how well he tips the puck, and that's exactly what happened. But but even still, just this first goal to get them back tied it. It's good. Like again, it's like they went down one nothing. I'm like, that's fine. Like that's not a big deal. We're on home ice. Fifty five minutes left in this game. Yeah. But I was very happy with that. My next note was just penalties in all caps. So, but we we, we discussed. Yeah, I that. mean, it was it was a very frustrating one because like there were very. It was like the classic. Honestly, I kind of love those games in retrospect. Like in the moment, they're so frustrating. But like that's what you want as a fan. Like you want to be into the game, and it almost feels like professional wrestling when that happens, when the refs feel against you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, it feels it's like, like you have two people to beat. You have to beat the Predators and you have to beat the refs. Yeah, and it feels like it's rigged again. It feels like you're watching, like, you know, you're a kid, like, watching the wrestler that you're rooting for. Like, oh, the referee got his back turned and they hit him with a chair. Like, oh, what are you doing, ref? No, you didn't see it. He's cheating. That's not fair. Um, it's a lot of that. And, like, the the trip on Forbert was just so stupid. Or Lindholm, sorry. the The Lindholm trip so stupid and then that same play happens in the third and it doesn't get called and that's the moment where you stand up and you're like that like there's blatant inconsistency right there it's not fair and those are the games where when you lose them feel the worst possible but when you win them it's a special kind of reward you're like fuck you you can't take me down yeah you're trying yeah um now There's a fellow I have to talk about from this game. Is it Trent Frederick? No. Okay. Well, I'll go next. After you. Oh, do you do you have a little negative rant about somebody? Oh, too? no. No, not okay. at all. Okay. I have a negative rant about somebody. Oh, okay. That's fine. We've been too positive this episode. That's fine. Let's let's hammer him down. Okay. I get there's somebody that I just I need to get these thoughts out while they're here in case nobody else is feeling them cuz I mean, this is uh, certain guys you expect a lot from, okay? And this is going to sound a little bit like a sports radio take. And with that in mind, I still need to say, I need Chucky to be more physical than he's being. I don't need it to be his primary focus. I don't need it to be anywhere near his primary focus. He is so gifted in so many aspects of the game. He is a great playmaker. He's a strong defenseman, a great passer. He's faster than people give him credit for. Offensively, he's very gifted, but he's also playing so much smaller than he actually is and chucky should be the absolute last guy on this team that i am on my couch screaming clear out the front of the net that should just never be there should never be a moment where somebody's hacking at the goalie and your premier defenseman is standing there listless and i know that yeah he drew that like roughing call on that hit that i was upset about that i sent you and i understand that it was a high hit. He got hands to the face. He also got bodied before those hands got extended. He, he got, he's getting thrown around out there and looking pretty lifeless about it. He's a big boy making the big money. And I need to see him introduce that aspect of the game to his play a little bit more. Rant done. Well I need said. It. I need well it. said. Yeah, I mean, I'm always in favor of more physicality from Chuck. I think he's still probably the best hitter on the team. I'm, well, yeah, Lucic. Uh, the best hitting defenseman on the team. And yeah, like I think when Kyle. I think of his physicality, no. When I think of his physicality, it's away from the net. It's like in motion. It's in open ice. It's it's 
breaking up a potential two-on-one and just drilling somebody. But I don't think of him as that guy standing mm-hmm. in the crease, clearing him out. That's when I think of Forbert. That's when I think well, the, well, of Carlo. Forbert's the, the example that the, later in the game, that happened. Same exact thing where somebody's hacking at Jeremy. And I don't like calling him Jeremy. That no, was gross. Not... Hacking at Swayman. And Forbert steps right in, gets in his face, locks hands. And I understand that, that some of that is just the play style between those two guys. But from like an old school, know your role mentality, like that should have been backwards. That should have been like somebody like Forbert, somebody with less experience. Like in my mind, that that plays out in the exact opposite way. That Forbert's the guy who who stands there and lets that happen, and Chucky leads by example and gets out there and says, "No, no, 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 we don't let people do that in front of our net. This is this is what we do here." And it it felt entirely backwards. That Chucky's wearing an A on his chest and is like just watching it happen, and someone like Forbert is in there getting dirty. It's just it's the it comes along with the position of being. Like I said, a, a, a big boy making the big money, but also just being a defense. That's that's your role, man. That's that's a big part of it. And uh, I don't think it's a big ask. I don't think I'm I'm saying like why isn't Chucky scoring thirty goals every year? I'm saying you're a, you're a big man. Get get it in your head that you're a big boy and and play like it. And uh, I, I, like you said, he does get physical in other aspects when he does lay the body. It's always great. It's always exciting, but more than the big hit along the boards or in open ice, like those are, that's where the physicality is really needed is in those small moments like that. And, and, and persistent, consistent physicalities just in, I was getting so frustrated watching him uh, in this game. And I don't like that. Love Chuck, but that's a guy you need to lead by example. Um, uh, were these observations mostly game two or were these game one and game two? Um, it, well, it's different. I guess in person, those don't really, it didn't jump out to me. I didn't rewatch game one afterwards. So um, I guess I'm going strictly off game two. Okay. Uh, but it was rather consistent. And it's one of those things like when you notice, then you start watching for it. And then you realize, wow, this is kind of happening every play. Um. And it's the beginning of the year, so it's hard to justify because you know later in the year you can say like ah you know nursing something, he's playing through something, you know maybe they're coming down the stretch and you know approaching the playoffs and he wants to stay healthy. There's none of that. It's game two of the year, so that's my that's my angry at a star player rant for this week. What I like that I when we talked about who the better hitters were, I was thinking, I wonder who's leading the league in hits and where Lucic factors into that. And I'm now realizing to my dismay that stat muse is now a subscription based website. Um, only for That's... some things you can just reload it and do it again or um, change devast- the wording that you're using. They only yeah. show, they only showed the, like the top, like 20 people and then everything below that's locked. Yeah. Marcus Felino has 14 hits in two games. God damn, dude! I would love to have Marcus Foligno at Boston. I'd love to have a Fliggy here. Oh, it's I mean, kind of going back to Game One, something very natural to me about Taylor Hall in the Blackhawks jersey, and something very strange about uh, Nick Foligno in a Blackhawks jersey. Taylor Hall he is, w- yeah. I mean, he's Patrick Kane. He's Jonathan Tate. Yeah. He's I'm like, that yeah, that player. totally yeah. makes sense. Totally to me, works. But 
seeing Nick Felino in the Blackhawks jersey. I'm like, what? Nick, take that off. What are you doing Nick. Get over here? You're on the wrong bench. Like, you crazy boy. You crazy man. They both got a nice uh, uh, tribute too. Their video was so fun. It was. We it didn't was nice. talk about that. Their video uh, was so much fun. It was just, it was like a compilation of like behind the B clips and like locker room clips of them goofing off and having fun. And then I'm also like, you know, doing community service and stuff and going to the children's hospital and all that. But them also just goofing and being pals. So that was like Nick Felino was was here for a decade. They played a combined less than 300 games. That's crazy. Like, it feels like he had been here for eight seasons. Yeah. And only one of his two were good. His first one was really bad. And the second one was so good for us, like such a departure from how we played when he first came to the team. Though we all collectively decided to ignore the first year. I mean, after I mean, the first year, we were talking about whether or not he was on the team. Yeah, going it was forward. bad. It was very bad. He had like one, like what, two goals the whole season, and the first yeah, goal was think, like five months in, four months yeah, in. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a long stretch. It's like his yeah. first fifty plus games without a goal here. Yeah. All right. I'll try to move us along a bit more, but I do want to briefly talk about I'm loving Trent Frederick's play. He's skating very well, making very good passes. He made this like one little touch backhand pass, like right in, in the crease back to Patra. What a killer chance. And then Geeky had a chance right after. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed that Freddie and Patra won't have more time to develop with one another. I'm not to say that they can't go back to playing with each other, but but Frederick's new line, it, it the line is JVR Coil Frederick with Frederick on the right Unbelievable. wing. Unbelievable. Frederick is six foot two, two hundred four pounds, and he's the smallest person on that line. That's crazy. That's JVR crazy. is much bigger than I remember him being. He's six three two seventeen, and Coil is six three two twenty. That's a big boy line. That is a big skilled line. Because yep. you got got you got skilled guys and you got big guys, and then so the Venn diagram crossover. You got both. Yep. All three of those guys are big and skilled, and I think that could be such a good line. And we haven't seen Freddie on the right in a while. But I, I'm as excited as I am to see Marshan with Patra. I'm really fucking excited to see how that third line works out. Mm-hmm. And the Me fourth too. line is saying the same with Lucic, Beecher, Lauko, which I've been liking. Also, this game, Carlo played more time shorthanded than Lauko played all game. Uh, coming into the third period, Charlie Coyle had played exactly the same amount of time, shorthanded and even strength. Good. Yeah, Carlo had seven minutes and 21 seconds shorthanded that game. Jeez Louise. And Laco played like six and change, which isn't his fault. He just isn't a peacock. He played like 20 seconds shorthanded. Mm-hmm. That's just not what they use him for, so he didn't really get a chance because half that game was on the penalty kill. Yeah, very, very happy with Frederick. Uh, I, I don't think people really get how high Frederick's ceiling is. Like, he is really good, you guys. Like, I I know he didn't live up to it and is, to me, still not nearing it, like, where I want him to be. But, man, that guy can fucking play. Like, that line could be so good. So good. Um, Trying to think what else I got. There's And then there was the second JVR goal. Which was super close, uh, very similar to Nashville's second goal. The deflection it was yeah. like the shot out from the blue line and then deflected halfway right down. It's exactly what happened. It was Chuck taking a good shot, getting tipped by JVR right down. Love it. I did. Re- I had a moment where I was like, okay, JVR has two goals. I just bought this hat. <laughs> I'm in the balcony. 
I nah, I'm not. No, I'm not. Three hundred. It's not even worth. Not it. losing my hat. And like, I feel bad because like, I'm like, I'm not losing my hat for a JVR hat trick. Like, I like from the balcony. Sorry, <laughs> you didn't I'm have sorry. to say that. I know you I did, just... but I I felt it, and it felt feels dishonest to not be honest about it. Oh yeah, that's kind of was I'm in the three hundreds. I wouldn't even reach. Nah, I I, I, if I were in the loge and he got it, I'd be like, oh, fine, here you go, I have my hat. There but, you go, there you go. You correct. But it. just honestly, there I don't think there is any player other than Trent Frederick because I'm really rooting for him to get a hat trick at some point that I would have thrown that hat for from the balcony. I used to throw what it do they do every with the time. Hats? Uh, they collect them and I think they donate them. Like the the person who scores keeps one for their trophy claw, like for their trophies. Mm-hmm. And then I think they get rid of the rest. Like I think they give. Ooh, them so do away. they like go through the hats and like pick one? Yeah, I, I don't imagine they go through all of them, but like they'll, you'll see it sometimes. Like they'll like skate up to the bucket and they'll just grab one because like you'll sometimes see them wearing it for a moment. It'll be like a something like a cowboy hat or something. But there was only one time in my life where I was close enough to actually get it on the ice, and it was my favorite hat. But it was for Bergeron's last hat trick. So okay, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. What are you gonna do? That's okay. Um, final thought here, because I know that you said you wanted to wrap up. Unless you have any other thoughts on that game, this is a uh, game adjacent thought. No, not not that okay. I have. Really... Game adjacent thought is the All Centennial team came out. Uh, no Tuca, no Timmy. Uh, the two goaltenders are one, Mister Jerry Cheevers, who uh, I think we can all agree very much belongs there. Is like the ruins goalie in most of our minds and frank brimsick a name played, we all know a yep. name that a household name here in boston who played when women couldn't vote uh he played nine years in boston seven of which were when women couldn't vote two Vezinas, a 257 goals against what's his save percentage you say they didn't calculate it because they didn't keep track of how many shots or how many saves there were uh Tuka played Tuka Rask. Remember him? He played 15 years in Boston, which was his entire career. Uh, won a Vezina, uh, technically a Stanley Cup, and had a 228 goals against average over those 15 years. And Tim Thomas, you might remember, also a Stanley Cup winner, um, also won the Con Smythe that year, uh, was here for eight years. Also two Vezinas and a 248 goals against. So, um, I would love for someone to explain why Brimsick got, you know, any vote, but um, neither here nor there. It doesn't really matter. But, uh, you know, when when two of those guys are here in person for the whatever thing that they're doing and Frank Brimsick's great-great-granddaughter is on her deathbed, um, I don't know. It just feels a little weird. It feels like overcorrecting recency bias and trying not to bring in the recent guys, which doesn't really make any sense because, like, Pasternak was on, like, the all-team the all centennial team. So like it, you can't, I don't know. It didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I wanted to bring it up on here cause it kind of frustrated me a little bit, but at the end of the day, Rob, it doesn't fucking matter. It's indefensible. It's indefensible and it doesn't matter. Uh, if you, who do you think between Tuka or Thomas should have been on the list? Tuka. Would, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I, Thomas is like at his peak is probably as good as a goaltender will ever be in Boston. Mm-hmm. Tuka is the most, he's the winningest goalie in Bruins history. Yep. And like holds, like held the highest save percentage, like of all time. Like, yep. What? Yep. You're going to fucking tell me that guy doesn't make the team. And like, it doesn't matter. Like, this isn't like anything. It doesn't like, matter at all. It's, it's all ceremonious, yeah. but what? 
and like, he's there. The Tuka Rask, like it's still happening. People like it's he's long retired, and it's still the conversation of I have to explain to Bruins fans why Tuka Rask is really fucking good at his job. Like that might be why it's idiots. so frustrating. It's because I'm so tired of having to oh do this that like I thought we were done. I it's thought exhausting. we were done. Foolish there... of us to think that we were done talking about how good Tuka Rask oh is after God. he retired. Like I, I part of me out of spite. I'm like, I hope we don't have a good goalie for 30 years, so you can look back and be like, man, I fucking wish we had a Tuka Rask right now. But we're the Bruins, and we have seven Vesna candidates ready to go at any time. Like you say the fucking word, we're gonna have a new goalie every game. That'd be cool. I'm so ready for the goalie tandem again, too. What a fuck you, the rest of the league. It's amazing. We have two, we have two of the top five goaltenders in the league. And we're just like, yeah, we just let him take a 50-50 split. So, yeah, whoever wants fine. to go. Yeah. God, All right. I love it so much. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably after another two games, right? That, yeah, so Thursday, good. again, Thursday at 10.30, Saturday at 10.30. So. Yeah, so we'll be back maybe Sunday. Are you around Sunday? Probably. All right. Well, it can be. Well, we'll we'll probably do that because then there's another long break from another Saturday to Thursday, another five day break. <laughs> Dude, this happens every year. Yeah, it's so annoying. Actually, no, sorry. They they play Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh yeah, that they have a stretch at home, right? Those yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll probably yeah, yeah. be back Monday. Okay, yeah, that works. Yeah, after three games, actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. After they after their California run, they're going uh, at San Jose, at Los Angeles, at Anaheim. So. Uh, those do, should be fun. Two of those question. are ten thirty. Yeah. What's the record from those three games? Do you think? Quick prediction. Um, two and one. Same. I agree. Uh, I think L.A. takes them and they yep. beat Anaheim and San Jose. On paper, that's what. On Anaheim, paper, that's what happens. I could see the Anaheim game being a toss-up, maybe an overtime game there. Yeah, Anaheim stomped Carolina last night. Yeah, and to honestly, the I mean, on my the FanDuel account, on the very end of a of a road trip there, uh, you know, three games in four days. Um. Yeah, yeah, I could see him being a little tired against Anaheim. But, LA's gonna uh, be good. Put San money. Jose. They should kick the dog shit out of LA. Should put up. Should be the best team that they've played yet. And uh, you know, at home, all that. So don't I, forget uh, that Brad Marchand plays out of his mind against LA for some reason. For some reason, absolutely. I don't. It happens it. every time. Every time. I'm like, oh, this usually happens, and then he does it again. Like, I'm putting money on him to at least score, if not have multiple points that game. He's going to get really chippy and yep. get really involved, and he's going to get that, like, fuck you, I'll do it myself mentality and just try to defeat the entire Kings team himself. And, and might, probably might it. make it a close one. He'll probably do it. But Yeah, so we'll see after those three games. We'll see, uh, yeah, Monday work for you? Let's do Monday. Oh, yeah. Big so that's time. a week. Is that a week from today? Oh, yeah. Big time. Wow. We'll, well see we are supposed to be a weekly podcast, so. That would make sense. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in a week. Uh, Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for chilling. Thanks for segueing into the ending, which is when Rob says, Bear with me. If there were a handkerchief in the top corner of that net.